For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is Rashawn Evans, and you're listening to the No Nonsense Podcast. Welcome into No Nonsense, a Tennessee Titans podcast, your place to go for on-demand Titans coverage that's 100% free of the nonsense that we always see in sports talk these days. We would love for you to subscribe to or follow the show on whatever platform you're using to listen. Specifically, if you're listening on iTunes, we would love for you to leave us a rating and review. We would also love it if you would follow us on social media. We are at No Nonsense Pod on both Twitter and Facebook. And right now on both of those platforms, we are doing a giveaway for a game program and the commemorative Steve McNair, Eddie George flag from uh, Sunday's game where those two players' jerseys were retired. We're giving one away on Facebook, one away on Twitter. So go to those pages if you're, you're wanting to enter that. It's a really cool opportunity if you weren't able to attend the game to get some pretty cool memorabilia. And if you win, again, you'll get a set that includes the game program and the flag that they gave away at the door. The main purpose of this episode for us, I believe... Most of our hour will be spent on a Marcus Mariota discussion, um, which which I just can't wait for. Will, are you are you excited <laughs> for that? Yeah, it'll be super fun. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but but before then, we've got some stuff to other stuff to recap from the Titans' disappointing loss to the Colts on Sunday, and at the end, we're going to look ahead to Thursday night's tilt with the another divisional rival for the Titans, the Jacksonville. Jaguars. Let's start with this, guys. The Titans yesterday were 1-for-10 on third down. They have three third down conversions through two games and are 3-for-20 through two games. What's up? Hmm. That is a question that I'm not sure I can answer. If we're going by what happened yesterday, uh, a lot of that can be attributed to the quarterback, but I, I think it, it goes further than that. And you know, with with a new offensive coordinator, you would think that a lot of these, a lot of these issues get resolved. But the, even though Arthur Smith, I, I think, has done pretty pretty well through the first two weeks, especially last last week one, he looked. I thought he did a very good job calling plays. This week, maybe you know, a little. He had a couple of a couple of play calls and he went away from Derrick Henry, which I didn't love towards the end of the game. So I still have a couple of question marks about that, but if you're not converting on third down and moving the chains, it's, it's going to be tough to win. And especially in, in these division games where they're always close, there isn't going to be blowouts. You just have to make the plays on third down and the Colts did it. It's on several occasions and 
as has become the norm for the Titans defense, they gave up a bunch of third and long conversions. And I don't know why that keeps happening, even though the defense was, was fantastic. It just seems to be the Achilles heel for it's been like this for so long. They get into these third and 10, third and 12, third and even 15 situations. And you we play so far back that there's just a bunch of open space in the middle of the field. So it's like those are yeah. the ones that they uh, they allow. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it's really frustrating because the other teams convert those and we never, never seem <laughs> to be able to convert those. So and I think that's that's probably one of the main reasons that that we didn't win this game. So it it's definitely something that needs to get ironed out. I don't know what the number is, but I would love to know how many times they converted uh, third downs when they threw it to Delaney Walker, because it feels like every third down conversion in my mind is a pass to Delaney Walker. Um, yeah, like it's weird because it, it, like the Colts, it'll be third and. 12 and they threw the, like the pass to Ebron where Ebron hurdles Butler and then you know nobody else is around until like right after the first down mark or Jacoby Brissett breaks three sacks and then runs through and then they tackle him and they give him credit for being past the line of scrimmage or past the first down marker you know or but then there are other times that aren't as phenomenal where he just like drops in a ball to like T.Y. Hilton in between the safety in the corner or whether where it's just like a screen pass that happens to sneak through or what, you know, there are things that seem like, you know, you could adapt to, but sometimes it just feels like every offense is just waiting for third down because they know that we're going to be conservative. And then they just try to attack the Titans defense then. And, you know, it works, but yeah, I mean, as for the offense, it's, it's, it's weird. Like, uh, I think John Glennon said that, uh, variable said today, like that's the, uh, tweet I have pulled up. So 13 of the 21st or third down chances have been third and 10 or longer. Um, so kind of like we saw last year, like a lack of first and second down success is hurting the Titans on third down, which it doesn't necessarily skew it because like, if you don't, if you get to third down and you don't, you know, convert and get a first down, then it doesn't matter if you did great on first and second down or not. But at the same time, it does kind of skew it to where it feels like, you know, Oh man, you know, specifically, you know, like we talk a little bit about Mario. Now it's like, you know, if you don't complete this, it's like, does it fall on the quarterback? Does it fall on the offensive coordinator? And, and, you know, I asked two people yesterday, the same question. Why is third down an issue? I asked Mariota, and then I asked Titans Film Room on Twitter. And both of them gave the answer that you gave, Will, that first and second down is the reason that, that the third down issues are happening. Which, you know, I don't even know what to say about that. Because so many people want to talk about, well, it's 2019 and you can't run on first down. you got to be throwing on first down. you got to throw on second down. But if you're throwing and losing yards or they're just getting behind the chain so often that they're not setting themselves up for third down success. It's just like we talked about last week a little bit, like running into a brick wall over and over again. Well, would you guys think it's a play calling problem that we keep getting behind the chains on first and second I mean, down? I think probably a lot of people are to blame. The quarterback is one of them as we'll, we'll get to in a little bit, but yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think play calling is probably a, a, a reason why and I think the startling thing about this is that last week the Titans killed the Cleveland Browns, and this was still an alarming problem. And so that makes me think, you know, is that who they are? Yeah, you know, 
I want to talk a little bit about last week's game because the offense didn't look very good for the first three quarters of that game. And then the defense started taking over and we hit a couple of big plays on offense. And I think that that production on, on the big plays kind of might have, you know, skewed people's opinions on, on how how well the offense actually played and how well maybe Mariota played. But, I mean, I thought Arthur Smith did a good job in last week's game, but it wasn't like the offense was, you know, an unstoppable juggernaut. Yeah. They just looked a little better than than the offense from last year. And then you go into this game where I'm not going to say the offense looked like it did last year. I, I thought it did look better, uh, but, I mean, that should be a given – the, given that we have more weapons than we did last year, but I I don't know I just I I don't know what this offense is what it's going to look like going forward, uh, um I I really don't know. Well, okay, so last week to me it felt like we were trying to run the ball too much. Uh, I remember talking about how uh, Arthur Smith was doing a good job keeping Henry involved and getting him touches without forcing the run, but I mean. It felt like every time you tried to throw the ball to A.J. Brown, it was like a guaranteed first down and 10-plus yards. I mean, he he looked great. Delaney yeah. Walker looked great, like 5 for 55 or 5 for 52 or something like that. You know, it, it seemed like whenever they wanted to throw the ball and there was any time at all that Mario was going to find somebody and that something was going to get done, even though they stalled when, you know, Deion Lewis drops a screen pass early that should have been a first down or – you know, just things like that. Like, I can't remember any other specific instances, but last week it felt like when the Titans wanted to take a deep shot and try to go for a chunk play, it was there for whatever reason. And this week it just looked like it either wasn't in the plan or it just wasn't something that worked out when they tried to do it. I want to ask this question to you guys, and we'll start with you, Matias. Give me the player outside of Mariota, because we'll get to that in a minute. Who was the worst for the Titans in this game? That seems like uh, it's pretty aggressive phrasing and leading the witnesses for our future argument. But okay, go ahead. <laughs> the worst we, Titans player in this we game. We know that Mariota was the worst, right? But who was second worst? <laughs> um, uh, it's probably I don't know because the defense looked good. But as we talked about earlier, before we started recording, Jarrell Casey looked looked pretty, pretty terrible. But, I mean, I think I have to go with, with Deion Lewis, man. He just does absolutely nothing out there. It's bad, man. I, and, and like I was saying, I heard uh, on the radio this morning, Paul Kuhorski, who, who covers the team, say that it, whenever Deion Lewis comes on the field, whatever the Titans previously had going for them on offense – instantly gets ruined it sucks the life out of you those three yard three yard runs just suck the life out of your offense yeah i mean people aren't scared like your play action has no merit because nobody's afraid of him running the ball yeah he drops passes and misses pass protection assignments like it every i mean he is a true backup running back but in like the ways that we're terrified of like in the negative connotations not like the oh he's he's a change of pace back i mean like, I mean, I guess, like, you know, if you're in fourth gear and you shift to first, like, it's a change of pace, I guess. But, you know, or, like, if you run into a brick wall, like, I mean, those are all changes of pace, but that doesn't mean that it's a good thing to have. Um, he's the he's the poster boy for not, not paying Patriots free agents, right? 
He's definitely be. the poster boy for not paying running backs. Right, right. I mean, you know, when the Titans gave him the deal, they did everything that every other team always does where they say, oh, like, he'll be more than just a running back. Like, he can catch – or, well, I guess they did the opposite. They said he's more than just, like, a receiving shifty back. He actually had this many yards after contact. And we all believed, you know, we forgot, you know, just how exactly, like, incorrectly valued the Patriots offense makes people. But – you know, we fell for it, and, you know, even if we had doubts, we were like, well, we saw him, you know, toast the Titans' defense when they went to the playoffs, and it, that, that was that was very aggravating, but it seemed hopeful. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's been a good reason why it's like, okay, I'm not going to give money to a running back next time because, you know, th- this is what you get. Um, I guess if I'll answer the same question, uh, Jamil Douglas has been bad for the Titans. Like, it Vrabel for some reason a really shock likes shocker yeah like I mean Vrabel was terrible some, in the preseason is yeah, anyone surprised the guy the guy that lost the battle with you know Kevin Pamphile and then Pamphile gets injured and you know they tried to start Nate Davis ahead of him before the and I don't know like it's all that all that part's theoretical because we never got to see him in games but I mean. I mean, it's tough. Like, there's no reason why Corey Levin shouldn't be on this team and be starting at right guard right now. Um, j- there's there's times where I've seen, and I mean, I know, like, you know, the old PFF line, it's like, you know, I can't possibly know what he's supposed to be doing. Like, But there's times when I've seen him run the wrong way. Like, on the Jonu Smith jet sweep to the right on against Cleveland, he runs to the left and everybody else runs to the right. And... <laughs> Like the only argument you can make is like, oh, he wanted help with a one technique. You don't need help with a one technique on a jet sweep. So just a little like shop talk. When you have a jet sweep, you hand the ball off generally right behind your quarterback or to the play side a gap to where he's running. So everybody from the center back is automatically out of the play. You don't even have to block them. There's no way they can make the play unless somebody else fails in front of you. So there's no reason to block a block a nose tackle or a one technique. And if you do, like, it should be a center cut. It shouldn't be a guard blocking back. So Johnny Smith got 10 yards on a play where Jamil Douglas ran the wrong way, which is a, a credit to Johnny Smith. He's been great. But, I mean, in in rundowns, it's been him. And in pass downs, it's been Saffold, who just has given up, so like, so many pressures and sacks that he didn't do last year and on plays that are very similar. I don't – I don't understand why it's going so poorly for him. Um, now in rundowns, he he, you know, you can't just say he's been a bad guard because on rundowns he does some really nice things. And there's times when he gets to the second level and seals off linebackers, and then there's cutback lanes available that Henry takes, and you know the plays look good. Or he gets out in front and gets a body on a guy on a screen play or something like that. Like he's not, he's not a bad guard, but. In pass protection, he is just seems to be lost. And, you know, one of the big reasons why you sh- everybody argued that you should start Jones over 11 at center and blah, 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 was that he has years of communication and he can tell the offensive line where they're supposed to be. But two weeks into the season, it does not seem like Kev, uh, uh, does not seem like Roger Saffold or Jamil Douglas know what they're supposed to be doing. Oh, on Saffold, basis. man. Two sacks completely yeah. on him in the first half in this game. Mm-hmm. And he didn't look good. He didn't look that great in the first game either. No, but in the first game, it made more sense. And I guess Danico Altry had a bunch of sacks last year. He Apparently, was, he's really good. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I was not aware last year. Like even though nobody knows about him, and 
you know, it, he played against uh, Larry Ogunjobi and uh, Sheldon Richardson in week one. So, I mean, I, I, guess, I, I don't think that Saffold, I don't, it's not like a, a like a, a physical thing because it's not like he's getting smoked, you know? It's more yeah. like he it's doesn't worth, know where he or his teammates need to be right beside him. Yeah, he's expecting help on one side and it's not there and like, it seems like he's the only one that's expecting a certain thing to happen. It's, it's like, you know, if I had to pick, you know, using Luke's word, the second worst offensive player or second worst. I didn't. I didn't say second worst. I said the worst player not named Mariota. Same. I didn't say. I didn't say Mariota was the worst. I believe what you said is, uh, okay. Who was the worst player? Like, and don't say Mariota. Like something to that effect, where it was like some <laughs> subliminal messages. But that's funny. Oh, there, was, there was definitely a subliminal message. Um. <laughs> I don't necessarily think that this person was the second worst player, um, but I just kind of want to talk about him. So I'm going to bring up the name of Dory Jackson. Um, It's been a rough month or so for for Dory Jackson dating back to the the preseason. Somehow he has managed to retain a job that he is totally inept at, that being returning punts. He does (laughs) nothing. Um, But... He's a decent cornerback. However, yesterday, that early deep throw to T.Y. Hilton was a disaster. It was Kane. It wasn't even T.Y. Hilton. It was Deion Kane. Oh, it was Kane. I thought it, it makes was Makes it even worse. Oh, well. Yeah. No, Butler Butler was busy like locking up T.Y. Hilton for most of the game. Except for on the touchdown. Here's my big issue is why did – that's not what we've seen from Adoree Jackson like throughout his career, right? Like when he's gotten beat by guys like T.Y. Hilton in the past, like he's not somebody who grabs and falls or anything like that. He just gets beat. Uh, is this is this his response to that is like I've been beaten by Antonio Brown and T.Y. Hilton before. If I get beat deep, I'm just not going to let him score a touchdown so that, you know, hopefully my team can stop him and we can get three points because that's all I can think – that's going through his head because like I said, for his whole college career and his whole NFL career, he's been a guy who's been able to be in position for contested catches and, you know, his makeup speeds been a really good weapon for him. But when he gets beat deep, he's just kind of like not, not pulled up, but it's like he can't tackle him from behind just because he, if he can't like beat a guy with his speed and get like right up on him, he just doesn't seem to be great tackling. I don't know. I wonder if that's why he started to do that is because he's been told like, look, you know, don't get beat deep no matter what happens because our defense is good enough to create something. And worst case scenario, they'll like they'll score a touchdown two plays later. I hmm. I think he just missed. I mean, it lo- it seemed like he just completely mistimed his jump. And it's not yeah. the first time we've seen that. That happened in the preseason. Also, he tried to break up a deep pass. Uh, I'm pretty sure he like dove to break it up. And he just he got smoked. He he missed the ball, and it was like a seventy-five yard touchdown. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm ready to have the Mariota discussion. Will, are you prepared? <sighs> I'm not. I'm sure, not. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, as I, I I sent you text before we started, I said you would get the first word because you were having some apprehension. I believe the phrase you used was that I was going to tee off on you. 
Yeah, because uh, because we said we wouldn't discuss it beforehand. We were just going to like get into it and have our, you know, kind of raw opinions on it. Yeah, live I mean, we, t- we talked a little bit last night that I was being more kind of jokey than anything. I think I said uh, Mariota was fast Joe Flacco. Uh, yeah. I was just kind of joking when I said that. But, but yeah, it's like, time yeah. to have the serious conversation. <laughs> so, Will, go ahead. Okay, so I think we'll, we'll 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 see how long I can hold off without interjecting. <laughs> I, I mean, mm. my argument's my argument's not really a long one because I, I feel the same that I felt about Mariota today that I did a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. Like, I think I've I've already said that I don't think he's a guy who's going to drag you to a championship. Like, that's not who he is. But I only think there's probably four of those guys in the NFL. Like. Maybe my, I mean, maybe Russell Wilson and Mahomes. Drew Brees is a guy who can do it. But he's hurt, and then Tom Brady. Like outside of those guys, I don't know anybody who is in that tier. So then you're dealing with guys. It's like okay, once you get into the playoffs, you know anything can happen. Whatever. Like if you're in January and you've got Derrick Henry and a good defense behind you, I think there's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL who could win at least one or two playoff games. So I guess my issue is, all right, if you don't think Mario is the guy who can elevate this team, which is, is fine. Like I, I, I understand you and I hear that you've got to understand that the Titans are not going to be in a position to draft a quarterback in the top 10. They, oh, they've the Kansas shown- city chiefs when they took Patrick Mahomes, but go ahead. No, that no, but uh, let me go through the list of people who have been drafted in the top 10 since you brought him up. Since 2008, these are the quarterbacks who've been drafted in the top 10. 2008? Yeah, because I, I wrote about this earlier. So, uh, Matt Ryan. Better than Mariota. Okay. Matt Stafford. Better than Mariota. Don't agree. Uh, Mark Sanchez. You don't agree that Matthew Stafford is better than Marcus Mariota after what you saw yesterday. No, I, I I don't. I mean, mm. no. I'm on the fence right now, honestly. Stafford is yeah. kind of good this season. Th- didn't they just score 13 points against the Chargers and barely went? Like, didn't, didn't they the Titans have- just yeah, score nothing actually. against the? Also, Colts how and much lose? of his how much of his career is because he got Calvin Johnson and got to throw to Golden Tate forever? And but you know had- what? He got the ball to him. Yeah, because they threw it 400 times a season. Like, I mean, they throw it a ton, but. This is this is the wrong that oh, he threw two picks. He threw two picks yesterday. So All right, hit me, hit me yeah, with the so, rest of these draft picks. Yeah. Hit me He's with not the rest very, of these so, draft picks. This isn't the argument though. Just go yeah, on. This is not the argument. Uh, also, look at Stafford's record versus winning teams. Anyway, um, so Mark Sanchez, yeah. Sam Bradford, Cam Newton, Ooh, like Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, Ooh. Andrew Luck, yeah, RG three, mm. Ryan Tannehill. Blake Bortles, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. Mitch Trubisky, yep. Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, Darnold, Allen, Rosen, Murray, and Daniel Jones. Like, we yep. know the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So, if you go back and look at that, there is – the the rate turns out to only 25% of those players are still on the team they were drafted by. Yeah. And – I think maybe four or five out of that list is an active above average quarterback in the NFL. So mm-hmm. let's let's talk about 
what it means to upgrade this team. So if you're going to upgrade the Titans, you've got to say, I'm going to spend and, – and the percentage only gets worse from there. Like when you're talking about players drafted from 11 to 20 and down like that. like Because I looked at it and I tried to find the most effective way to get another quarterback. And it the percentages just drop. After that, it's like if you want to go from 11 to 32, it's like you get Joe Flacco and Deshaun Watson as the only guys who are even – in the NFL at this point, uh, in that range. And, you know, we all, we all know what we think about Joe Flacco and, you know, whatever. But so if you look at that and you say, okay, the Titans are going to be a nine and seven team again, that that's just the roster they have. You've got to say, we're going to trade a, you know, somewhere between the 18th and the 24th pick for, to move up to the first round. So you're going to have to give up your first rounder this year, a yeah. first rounder next year, and probably a second rounder or more. Okay. So you're looking at giving up future capital for a player that you're going to ask to come in and immediately start. Okay. And history has shown that unless you get the first guy in that group, the hit rate is very low. When you take out the first quarterbacks taken in those groups, you get Mark Sanchez – uh, Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, RG3, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Mariota, which if we're saying he's not the guy, uh, then you get Carson Wentz, who went second. Um, then you get Patrick Mahomes, which is the one success case. Then you get Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, who's already on his second team, and Daniel Jones. So, and Daniel Jones may be good. I, I don't know. But the success rate drops. You lose guys like Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan. You know, if you want to say Matt Stafford, you lose him too. You know, if you want to say Jared Goff's a guy who can start, you lose Jared Goff. So your success rate is basically cut in half. I mean, or even lower in like a third. Yeah, and I, that's- I, 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 I get, I get the argument. Right, you're, okay. you're, bas- you're so, basically saying that the hit rate is so low that an effort to improve from Mariota would ultimately be more costly than beneficial. Is that kind of what your, your, yeah, yeah, that's the, yeah. The point here is that the idea that you can just find somebody who's going to be able to play at a high level is, is a dangerous assumption to make that is not proven by data. Okay. Um, So, so I'm, I have some responses. Okay. And I'm not going to go scorched earth or anything because you, you you make (laughs) fair points. Uh, I'm not going to deny that. So, first question I'll ask, does the hit rate that you're mentioning, because you're absolutely right, does that change the fact that Mariota has never run outside of the exotic smash mouth year pre-injury a functioning NFL offense? Okay, so when you say Because that's, like Matias said, I don't know that that's the issue. You want to talk about how hard it's going to be to replace him, sure. But you you can't – if he's not running a functional offense, you can't just be scared to move on from him. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. Like, I don't I, – I guess, I guess my big argument there would be if you take out the best year of his career, which has only been four years long, and the first year he was on a team that was two and – 14 the year before and he came and it was three and 13 the year after 
and he got hurt. So you're basically saying after his rookie year, which every quarterback struggles pretty much in his rookie year, the next three years you take away the worst one, and we're left with the two years we've had most recently, which is fair. Uh, but we're ignoring the fact that you know he had a good week in week one this past week, and then or, and then this past week he, you know, didn't. I mean, I'm not saying he did great. I'm not saying he did enough to win the game because he didn't, but. I would also say that he didn't do enough to lose the game. There were other people you could blame uh, okay, on okay, the game. Okay, but Qu- question number two. Okay, do you believe that the Titans could win a Super Bowl with Marcus yeah, Mariota? Absolutely. At okay. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so yeah. my follow-up question. I have two. Follow-up question number one. Do you believe that this Titans team this year is capable of winning a Super Bowl? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, why not? Did you watch the game yesterday? Yeah, I mean, it. I saw us. Or I saw the Titans lose to Baltimore and then come back and beat Dallas and New England in back-to-back weeks. I, I mean, you, I, th- you think that this team can win a Super Bowl? Do you, well, hold on. Do you think this team could win the Super Bowl with Mariota at quarterback? This exact team. That's what I asked. That's what this team right now yeah, like, this year. Okay. Okay. okay so. If the, so, let's say they're in the playoffs. Are we saying they're in the playoffs automatically? Like, am I? Are you asking me if they can beat winning teams in big games? If they go to yeah. New England, you think they could beat New England in New England? Oh, okay. Well, that's not fair. Like, <laughs> that's how you win the Super Bowl, no, Will. No, no, if you're no, no, in the no, AFC, no, 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 no. that is that is not true. You don't always <laughs> have to go to New England and beat New England in New England. Oh, we you will. Yes, you do. Them. No. Uh, okay. If you're asking me if in the playoff, I, do I think that uh, the Titans could beat New England in New England? No, but I don't think Patrick Mahomes can either. And I've been, I mean. Okay, I've, okay, I've, okay. Fair, fair. So, so I mean. So here, here's saying, my follow You admit it. You admit it. You don't think that the Titans can go into New England and beat the New England Patriots as things stand right now. So my question to you is this. What needs to happen for that to be a possibility with the Titans? Because you're saying uh, it's not the quarterback's problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Tom Brady would have to retire, and Bill Belichick okay, would have to. Okay. Okay. This. The... No. 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 Let's talk about. It. Okay. But so with if we're this saying... Titans team, will this year? What? Yeah, oh. What are they missing? They're super talented on defense. Anyway, they've got the pass rushers. They've got the secondary. And then on offense, you've got nice pieces. You've got the best left tackle in the NFL, arguably, when he comes back from a suspension. You've got Which, Humphreys. by the way, you've we got have Davis. not you've seen got him with Brown, Mariota a real wide receiver. You've got Delaney Walker, Pro Bowl tight end. What's missing? Like, what, what do you think that they're magically going to end up with from a personnel standpoint that's going to propel them to where they need to be other than having a better quarterback? If they play like they did in week one, then yeah, they can beat any team in the NFL. Why Why on earth could they not beat any team in the NFL scoring 43 points, whether it's like one from defense or not? Because like, that was against the Browns. And the Browns, the Browns are not – forget the Patriots. Were, that's such the, an outrageous example. For, that, the the we, Kansas City Chiefs, you think the, the Titans are going to beat the Chiefs throwing a 70-yard screen like pass at Derrick Henry? Last year. I mean, they, they beat the Patriots last year with Mariota. Right, right or wrong, they beat they beat the Patriots last year with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and everybody else. They beat that team last year. Well, less Ryan than Tannehill a also beat the Patriots last That's year. That's correct. Yeah, who did? Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill. Yeah. yeah okay, but I mean, like. That's the thing is, I mean, I'm not saying any given Sunday or anything like that, but I'm saying the most recent example we have of Mariota versus the Patriots isn't a blowout loss. 
it's one of the very now, few now wins the, in mo- franchise The most history. recent example we have of Mariota in Foxborough in the playoffs is a blowout loss. Because it's happened before. Mariota has played the Patriots in Foxborough in the playoffs, and it was a disaster. So did Andrew Luck. I mean, you were all on board with Andrew Luck. Like, let's talk about it. Like, but the Colts had Brian Grigson, and he clearly will. Andrew Luck the, was not the, the problem. Brian Grigson is general manager. He wouldn't call in the plays. Like, it, like I, I don't understand. Like, because Andrew Luck had a bad GM, like all of a sudden his production on the field doesn't matter. Like, it, I, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that you get to excuse that example when it's the most recent of, of somebody that you defend compared to what we've seen in a calendar year against a good team. I, I don't understand that. Like, here's okay. here's where I am. Go go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Okay. So, <laughs> I think we've seen the Titans beat good teams for Mariota's whole career. He's done it almost every time that they've been major underdogs. He's, you know, I don't want to say he propelled them to a win, but they won the games. So, like, the issue with Mariota isn't that he doesn't win big games. The issue with Mariota is that they don't beat the li- they don't win the little games. They don't beat Buffalo. They don't, you know, they don't win this game. They don't beat the Miami Dolphins. That you know, it's not that they don't win big games against good teams. He's not Matt Stafford beating up on, you know, a bad Vikings team or a bad Bears team for you know each part of a decade. Like he's not inflating these wins against bad teams. Sure, like they've beaten Jacksonville and you know, and they struggled with the Colts, obviously, but. It, this this idea that if you put Mariota in a big game situation that the team is going to collapse and crumble that's not what history has shown us. Now I don't okay. think that Mar- I'm with you there. He's been pretty bad against division opponents though. Yeah, yeah, but, Texans he's but, been really bad. But if he's the three seed and the Titans win the AFC South and they don't have to play anybody from the AFC South, then I mean, are we Marcus winning Mariota the South? Mariota in his career has won a game in Indianapolis and has never won in Houston. And his stat lines against the Colts are really, really bad. And the Colts don't have a lot of talent on defense. So I don't I don't know, man. I'm we're gonna continue this discussion because I I certainly have more things to say, and I'm sure, sure you do sure. too, Will. Um another thing that I, I want to ask is I love comparisons. That's kind of my thing. You know, with the draft, I like com- comparison. I, I like making analogies in everyday life. Here's a situation comparison. All right. <laughs> First, I'm just going to ask you this question. All I need is a yes or no answer. Do you think that Kirk Cousins is better, as good as, or worse than Marcus Mariota? As as good as, although he looked terrible exactly. yesterday, man. Is he for like, like, hold on, like, I mean, he's looked not good this year. I, him and I mean, Mariota are the same person right now. Okay, so so you sure, think this yeah, is... Sure, sure, let's say okay, this. So, 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 so let's compare two situations, because where I want to take this discussion next is the money. Because we know quarterbacks make so much money, and they can totally screw over your salary cap. And I know, Will, you like to say that, the, well, the salary cap just increases every year. But, <laughs> but it do does. you think that the Washington Redskins would be in a better place now if they had given Kirk Cousins a five-year contract extension. No. Case Keenum is playing fine. The quarterback is not yeah. the problem for them it. right so now. That's, that's, that's where he's going. So uh, my question to you now is this. Don't the tit- I'm going to ask a leading question. Don't the Titans <laughs> have a better team than the Redskins? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So what's to say that the Titans just can't find a Case Keenum or, or a cheap replacement? 
Because if Mariota is kind of average, like a Kirk mm. Cousins, why are, can't they do the same thing? And the they're Redskins not going to have the they're not going to have the organizational issues that the Redskins have. Redskins are zero two, correct? Yeah, so the Redskins are zero two, so they're not well, winning games. So. They're also, but as we agreed, they're less talented. They're they less have talented. Daniel Schneider running their show instead of John Robinson. Case okay. Keenum, Case Keenum almost made a Super Bowl. Yeah, and then game away. Didn't he also go to uh, Denver last year and was terrible? He was terrible, but everyone's okay. terrible. That franchises in yeah, so, um, okay, so <laughs> just, just so, yeah, just so we've got that out of the way. All right, so uh, the question is, could they be the same as they are now paying somebody less money? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Like, that's, like that's if we, Are we saying if we stuck with Tannehill, right? That's That's where we're going with this? Well, I mean, the, I guess the question is, is, like, yeah. who, like, who's who's your option? Like, like, are we saying like Tannehill's the guy? Like, 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 just for right now, forget this whole. Like, do you do you think that if they started playing Tannehill's the starter, that there would be drop off? I'm not sure, man. Yeah, I, like I, I don't know. I, like, I kind of like, like Tannehill, so yeah. I that's that's the problem. Is I think he looked really. I'm good not going to call him better than Mariota. But I'm no, not going to call him worse either. Right. Like, it, I, and I agree with you. And we have to remember that, you know, the Dolphins decided to go full tank mode this year and traded Tannehill because that they either didn't believe in him or didn't think that he had enough to, you know, elevate the roster they had. And they just decided to go full tank because it doesn't matter. But whether, it, whether it's here or somewhere the, else, the I think we can all agree that Tannehill will be a starter next year. Yeah, that's that's the thing is so if you're saying like can I think Tannehill and Mariota can be facsimiles of each other in just in a vacuum. Like if you put them both on the same team and you say like run an offense that fits your style the best, I think they could both be winning quarterbacks because we've seen them both do that. So, I mean, I guess my answer is like yeah, but he was also on a huge mega deal, right? When he got traded and that was the big thing is the Dolphins ate a bunch of his salary and all that to pick up a draft pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he wasn't winning them games because he was injured. Who does that sound like? He wasn't running a functioning offense. Who does that sound like? But but yeah, I mean, here, here like, here's uh, one more thing yeah, I want to so say about Mariota, and, yeah, and then I, I'm pretty much done with my, with my piece on this. Yeah, I want to take you guys to the play with 30 seconds, about about three minutes left in the game, where there's running clock. And they all go to the line of scrimmage, and you know, the, the clock runs out. Coaching malpractice. Terrible, right? We, we can all agree with that. Sure. Here's why I think that Mariota is to blame for this. I'm not going to say he has the whole blame. I just feel like – I'm not going to – I feel like talking about Brady and Breeze and Rodgers in this is too too vast of an example. So, so let's bring it down a notch. Let's say if Carson Wentz – or Dak Prescott, or I'm even say Kirk Cousins was in that spot. He wouldn't be wandering around behind the line of scrimmage, looking around trying to figure out what was going on. He would have taken control and said, "We have no bleeping idea what's going on right now. The clock is running out, and we're about to lose this game. Let's figure it out and do something." Whereas Mariota just kind of walked around, and in that moment. I didn't really notice it in in time, but watching it back, and I tweeted this this morning, I thought, no one is in control there at all. 
The coach is not in control. Arthur Smith is not in control. And Mariota sure as heck is not in control when that's going on. And for me, look, and I wrote about it extensively last year in that feature I did about how Mariota's leadership is different and it's it's unorthodox, but it works. He's got to take control. It's not about hooting and hollering. It's not about wearing a fancy suit after the game. I don't care about that. I don't care about him being loud. He's got to own it. He's got to take control. And I don't think that he has control at all. And that's a problem. That's interesting. I, I This has been quite the discussion. I haven't really said much because, I, I don't know, it, it, it was kind of between you two, the – the the Mariota uh, I, I don't know as it always kind of has been yeah, yeah we're, it's we're, not we're really fighting, animosity we're fighting it. for your soul like <laughs> I'm the angel on your shoulder and then there's Luke yeah so, you see how that's a leading I kind of agree with that though I am I am in this discussion like the devil on the shoulder yeah yeah <laughs> I mean go ahead I'm just go. I'm just an innocent bystander I'm just I just want to I just I hate losing to the Colts I'm sick of it so yesterday I tweeted that. It, my mind has kind of changed on Mariota. I've been in his corner pretty much every year of his career. And yesterday was kind of like kind of the breaking point for me in terms of like if they moved on after this year, like I'm fine. I, I understand it. Uh, I would hate it because I really love Mariota as a person, but that doesn't win you football games. But he has won football games. So a part of me is going to miss watching him play because he, he's brought us a lot of amazing moments. But – I hate going into drives, especially in the second half or even the first half. It doesn't matter. I hate going into drives and just knowing, just knowing before it even happens that we're not going to score points on this drive. And it has consistently happened and nothing has seemed to change even this year, given new weapons, a new coaching staff that that seems to not no coaching staff, new offensive coordinator who seems to know uh, more than the previous ones. And, in the second half of this game, I just the last three or four drives, I just knew we weren't getting points, and it just felt like the entire de- defensive uh, performance was wasted. And we've seen that so many. We saw that last year too, and I'm just I'm kind of tired of it, man. And and he seems to have really lost a lot of confidence in, in terms of in terms of his offensive line because he's taken so many more sacks over these last two seasons. And he's taken sacks that they're not just like three or four yard sacks. He's taken sacks that are 10, 10 plus yards that completely nuke your drive, uh, nuke, nuke the drives. And I know a lot of that isn't on him, but a lot of it is. He needs to get rid of the ball quicker. Uh, we see Tom Brady. Tom Brady doesn't move from the pocket. And in order for him to negate sacks, he just throws it at his receiver's feet. He doesn't get an intentional grounding call and he sack and he doesn't lose any yards Mariota has never done that and it's really really frustrating so from that standpoint I I, I don't really know how to how to finish this other than I'm I'm kind of done you know I I, if we had Matt Ryan I would feel comfortable uh going into any any specific drive and thinking we're going to get points from this drive the problem is Matt Ryan was a second overall draft pick and we're not going to have a second overall draft pick. So, you know, it's a you guys are, have already discussed it. I don't know what the plan is, but if they choose to reset 
I would understand it because I really do think they have a roster that's capable of winning multiple playoff games. And it just seems like it happens very often that Mariota is is the one holding the offense back. The Titans are going to play the Jags in a couple days, a team that they have owned as of late, four of the last five, excuse me, five of the last six, including all of the last four. Uh, you know, I asked Kevin Byard last year after the uh, the second game why he thought they're so good against the Jags, and he says personnel-wise he thinks it's just a good matchup in the Titans' favor. Look, if they go out after what they put on the field on Sunday – and they're not motivated enough to come out fast. And if the Titans lose to Gardner Minshew, the meme, and whoever they have at wide receiver, and the fullback that they have playing running back and Leonard Fournette, as, as Will likes to say, <laughs> and the just disastrous infighting nonsense that goes on in their secondary and on their defense. If the Titans lose this game, there's no such thing as an overreaction. Am I wrong? People are going to lose their jobs if we lose this game. People need to lose I, their jobs I, I don't if know the Titans who, lose this game. But someone's going to get fired. Assistant special teams coach. We won't, we won't hear about it. Like, our O-line coach might get fired. Oh, let him. I don't know. I love Keith Right? He's pretty bad. I don't know. You but, love shouldn't i mean you love keith carter because you talk to him but not not because of what he's done with guys like roger saffold and you know any sort of development he may have thought he made on any other <laughs> that's player that's pretty true i like keith I mean, carter because he's a good quote yeah also he is probably part of, a big part of the reason why we have kevin pamphill and uh jameel douglas as our starting rotation at right guard but yeah. anyway that's like that's like going to a doctor and like having the flu and him being like, nah, I think you look great, man. Go out, do your thing. Like that's, that's the right guard situation. And the guy who should have diagnosed it, the Titans can't lose this game. I will say like, like we, we use that phrase. I think too often, this is a must win game. This isn't must win for like playoffs or anything like that. This is must win in the sense that if they don't win this game, I'm going to need to see some real changes whether it's yanking the quarterback, which would be probably the most extreme change, or someone, as you mentioned, losing their job, you've got a team that's talented enough to go to the playoffs and win a playoff game and certainly win this division. And if you can't beat the Jaguars on Thursday night football, three days after you got embarrassed by your division rival at home, you got to start sending a message if you're John Robinson and if you're Mike Vrabel that that's yeah. not good enough. Yeah, I, I think it'll come off really poorly uh, of the of the coaching staff or just the whole organization as a whole. But I know you don't want to think of it in terms of playoff implications, but if we lose this game and then we have to go into Atlanta to play the Falcons in Atlanta, we're looking at a one-in-three start probably, and then you're done. There's no way you're making the playoffs, right? Do we think the Falcons are good? But that's, that's a conversation for a different time. Uh at home, I think I don't even think we could beat them. I really don't. Didn't didn't Matt Ryan throw I don't know, three interceptions last night? That's the kind of team the Titans beat. Yeah, like didn't he throw In three interceptions ways. last night against like a really bad Eagles defensive back group and with Julio okay. Jones and Stephen Ridley? Um, and also, didn't their like right tackle get like that weird injury? Like that they put him back in and they're missing their starting right guard. 
I don't know. Like again, this is a conversation I'm sure we'll have in two weeks from now. But you know, I, I just when your best player Jalen Ramsey is asking for a trade, there's some like deep rooted problems going on. Yeah, like and almost getting into a fight on the sideline. The okay, here's the problem: is it's a divisional game on the road on Thursday night, which is such a terrible matchup just because. I mean, I've, we have said before that I think it's a good idea to have divisional road like games on Thursday night just because like it's somebody you're familiar with. But there's such a big disadvantage of being on the road on Thursday night on a short week. Like that like throughout since Thursday night football started, it's been documented that it's terrible for the road team. Now, that didn't, you know, give the Titans a, a leg up when they played the uh, Steelers or anything like that. So um, which happened a long time ago now that I think about it. That was back when Mettenberger was playing. But anyway, like because we played the Jaguars so many times. But at the end of the day, like you've got to win games in tough environments. And the Titans just did that against Cleveland a week ago in an environment where everybody was ready to just laugh them off and to trash them and all that. I mean, maybe the fact that the Jaguars played such a close game last week will give them kind of – and plus, I mean, I guess like the Titans lost, so they shouldn't be taking anybody lightly. But, you know, maybe they'll go into that game serious and they won't let Jacksonville hang around with them. But, I mean, I could very easily see this being an even lower score game than it was last week, just based off what Jacksonville did to Houston. But either way, you've got to be the better team. 100%. And Actually, against a rookie quarterback. I mean, come on. <laughs> Gosh. And I'm going to close with this idea that I was kind of talking about before we started recording. Um, and, and here's the thing. The Titans have got to own this at some point. Their perpetual inconsistency, right? We always joke the only thing they're consistent at is being inconsistent. Uh, and like I said, you know, Derrick Henry last season I think was the example. He was awful for the first half of last year. And, and I gave him a lot of crap for on here on our podcast for it and you know what he was saying in the locker room to reporters i'm trash i'm trash and something's gotta change and i think too many people in that locker room are too willing to just kind of say well you just gotta take it all in context well it's not always gonna look great you know well it's just yeah if they lose this game i need someone in that locker room to stand up and say this isn't good enough. We need to be winning these games. We should be 3-0 and right now. Something's got to change. I don't know what, but you know what? We've got three days off these next three days. I'm going to be spending them here trying to figure out what's going on and trying to get us back in the right direction. Someone please take ownership of the issues. Right? Well, it would be Vrabel, I assume, right? Vrabel's not going to do that. Well, Vrabel should because he made a couple of coaching decisions in, in this last week's game that might have cost us the game. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, pl- plain and simple, like, if if they lose this game, which, again, I don't think they will, but, you know, I didn't think they'd lose to the Colts. So, I mean, if they lose this game, it's going to be a game where we're going to hear after that it's like we've got a long week, we're going to have to make some serious, you know, we're going to have to look at ourselves in the mirror and make some decisions and all that. But, I mean, at the same time, how long did it take him to replace Jack Conklin last year when he was playing hurt? I mean, they they ride guys. And so, like like you said, like it's a lot of, like, coach speak and stuff. Like, 
I mean, they're like Corey Levin should started the back half of the season, and then when he did play, he lost his job. Like, and the offense got worse when he was out. So, I mean, performance is important to the Titans, but I think at a certain point they start relying on consistency, which is almost a crutch. And even if they're not maximizing their potential, they're okay with just being consistent and hoping that their guys that they've picked do their jobs in the end. So I don't know, but I definitely agree that if they do lose, something will have to change. And when it doesn't, we will all be mad together. Time for Stop Mm -hmm. the Nonsense. The segment that we end every show with as we look at, originally it was worst Titans takes, but now it's just kind of become the biggest nonsense from social media uh, of the week. And I've got a humdinger. And Will, I know that you're pro Mariota, but but even this might be too uh, too partisan for even you. Um, last night, I, I wrote a, a column after the game about how Mariota's disappointing, and it's time you know if things don't change quick, they need to move on from him. I get a response from a Titans fan who says his name's Houston, Houston Cavett, and we kind of went back and forth all night. So, so I write my column, and he says, you're overreacting, you need to calm down, uh, you know, you're overreacting. And I said, here's the thing, though, I'm not overreacting because it's been four-plus years of this. <laughs> and here's what my man says. He hasn't been disappointing for four-plus years. That's BS, and you know it. If he's been disappointing, then the Titans wouldn't have picked up his fifth-year option. That's a logic bomb right there. (laughs) Was he good today? No. But don't say that this loss was all on Marcus, which I didn't say, because that's crap. (laughs) And as I tweeted, I quote tweeted him. I try not to do that, but I I did. I I did all the time. (laughs) And I said, my man says Mariota hasn't been disappointing. Stop the nonsense. Please. (laughs) That is like... Mariota Titan fan blinders on territory. Yeah. It, like, as, as the resident, you know, I guess biggest Mariota fan since Matthias is leaving me out to drive. Come off, I'm off the bandwagon. You're alone. <laughs> like, our DMs from the, like, after the game when I'm walking over the bridge trying to get to my car and I just, like, hear my phone buzzing. And I'm like, I'm not even going to deal with that right now. <laughs> I, I mean, because <laughs> Will was totally absent from our group chat during, yeah, during the game. A lot of traffic. Uh, well, okay, honestly, the game was 400 million degrees, and awful. I took my phone out, and it started overheating, and that I couldn't even to me. in the game. Yeah, I like was, I, I was like, out for like maybe half an hour during pregame, and five minutes after I walked out there, I, I did a periscope for for like four minutes, and then when I took my phone off my uh, my little tripod holder that I have, it was like hot to touch, and yeah. it was going so slow. Yeah, like my my phone did like like the little like like too hot overheated symbol like uh-huh. on my phone and like I was like oh so it like basically it was ninety one degrees like, in mid September. Yeah, like I was like sweating like pregame and I was like oh no, so like I couldn't get my phone out to t- that's why like there's like three like tweets like at the beginning of the game like of me like what I saw and then nothing after that. Um, so yeah, like but as as a like <laughs> Titans fan like just in general of the game like it like uh, i don't know like it, it was it was tough to like tweet about it and tweet after because it just was that impending sense of doom 
If if they didn't, if he was disappointing, they wouldn't have given him the fifth year option. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's where I started this conversation. That's all ridiculous. Like it, man, that makes no sense. Yeah, like it's yeah. That's that's like a bad line of logic. Like I don't dis, I don't necessarily disagree. The, the, with the, fact the that, argument is because he was disappointing, they didn't give him a contract extension. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's the right side of the coin. Like that's the side of the coin you look at is because they're not sold on him. They didn't give him a longer deal and cheap like and try to negate some of that big guaranteed hit but uh yeah like you can say like if i'm if i'm like talking to that guy like you can say that mariota like wasn't disappointing for the first two years of his career but i think we all say that the third year was a disappointing step backwards and the fourth year was a disappointing like trend that it didn't pop back up like that those are disappointing things to happen now you yeah. can I guess I guess if you started out and you thought like okay he'll be an average quarterback then maybe it's not disappointing but from from what we know that's it's been pretty disappointing just in terms of where we thought he might be after 2016. Will what you got? <laughs> so uh, it was staying on Mariota. So uh, this this thing came out today which is uh, I think it's called an expected or sorry projected injury report. Uh, and I'm sure. Oh yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So what this is is a list of nonsense words put together <laughs> on a piece of paper based on nothing. It means yeah, it is. It means less than the depth charts we see. It means nothing. <laughs> because and, the Titans didn't practice on Monday, yeah, the t- Rabel contractually like, was obligated to make an injury report. You yeah. just said I'll do it like a, <laughs> what would have happened if we had practiced. Yeah, like. And the, and the Jaguars did the same thing. Like, so nobody practiced in the NFL on Monday because nobody ever practices on the NFL in the NFL on Monday. And there's an injury report, like I said, based on you know Nothing. pixie dust and unicorn hairs. And <laughs> Mariota it's, has it's, a quad. Yeah, and and not only do they have people designated a difference from limited practice to did not practice, which is which is ridiculous anyway. <laughs> like, I guess it means they made them like work out like a little bit whatever like, I, don't, I don't understand what that is at all but there's a did not practice list and marcus mariota is on it with a quad <laughs> injury quote unquote uh malcolm butler's also on it with a hip injury and you know wesley woodard has a quad all this uh, there, there's people in there who we we know aren't injured like they didn't practice so they couldn't get injured in practice and then everybody is losing their mind like everybody is like uh Talking about, you know, some guy says Tana, uh, Dustin Reed says Tannehill time, question mark. Then uh, somebody else says offense, please, one and one, which is a nice avatar. I should or a nice uh, screen name. I should pick that. Said uh, it's Tannehill watch at the minimum. And then they're talking about do, how they do their due diligence of the last four minutes of the game and like try to put like different guys in and go two quarterback system. And then there's guys who are just like, can oh, we get them already? And all this stuff. Because some intern, or I guess if it's not an intern, Vrabel just decided to list down names, probably of everybody who was in there to get treatment, and like looked around and saw the people getting treatment and said, okay, these are the people I see, I've got to submit this anyway, and just wrote it down. And because of that, Titans fans are losing their mind, and everybody was tweeting about it like right before the podcast started, just so you know where we are in the day. And... As I stand now, I like while we were like recording the podcast, I got a, a bump on my phone from NFL.com that says Mariota doesn't practice with injury. So not <laughs> only is 
this list not necessary, <laughs> nor is it not a thing. It's going to become fodder for what you see tomorrow where they say that Mariota has an injury on the morning shows and they quote unquote are concerned about it. These are the people talking, not the actual coaches. And we're going to hear about it again, like the Tannehill potential starter stuff. It's all nonsense. Stop the nonsense. Oh, I already, I already saw on Royal world Mariota DNP in practice. So it's, it's already catching on, man. But then, then they, uh, then they did a blurb on Paul Kuharsi saying it's not serious. So it's also not meant, real, but yeah, I don't, it's, it's a joke. So originally I was going to do, uh, now that Jalen Ramsey wants to get traded, all the Titans fans, uh, just want him so bad. So I was going to do, uh, someone saying we should trade first and, and a Dory Jackson for him, which I think would be ridiculous. One, Jalen Ramsey has probably like mental issues. I, I don't think I think I can say that. It his track record <laughs> his track record allows me to say that. Plus he's fighting with the coach and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh so trading Adori, who I'm not even a huge Adori fan, but he's a solid cornerback. Uh he he's put out some really good tape on on film. And also trading a first round pick with him for for Jalen Ramsey, I think would be absolutely ridiculous. But I, I don't want to use that one. Uh, because I found a, another one. Our guy, Howie the Titan, loves oh, yes. oh, no. Is this so, when he threatened to, like, he's like, give me my phone number, we'll meet in person. I don't, don't that, spool. Don't that, spool was, <laughs> that was cool, too. He's ready, man. He's ready to fight. Yeah. But, no, tweeted uh, at 5 p.m. yesterday, uh, the Mariota debate is such a fascinating study on human psychology and world <laughs> politics as a microcosm. Do we believe truth or what we desire? Do we hear all of the truth or simply the words of those that are respected or that have more influence? Mariota, a good study of reality. Then someone responded, I feel you on this, from someone who studies sociology in college. I can see your point. MMA and its fan base is a reflection of our society to date. Some want to believe, some want to see the optimism, and some want to see the pessimism. Doesn't matter the Gosh. political spectrum. Guys, it's really not that deep, man. We just <laughs> want a better quarterback play. <laughs> That's really it, man. God, we all just want our own Patrick Mahomes. Please, please it, send guys. me that tweet. Please. <laughs> I, I, also, th- And thank you for saving it for this moment. Irish Irish Titans responded to Howie's tweet, and he he wrote, "Keep smoking that good s, man." (laughs) (laughs) That was really funny. Um, One one thing I'll say, just as a bonus, uh, stop the nonsense. Is as we're talking, another uh, alert popped up where, uh, (laughs) and you talked about this a little bit with Ramsey getting linked to the Titans as a potential trade target because. Uh, he was on Bussin' with the Boys, Taylor Wan and Will Compton's podcast. Uh, I guess probably right before the preseason started was when it was recording. And he said that like his kind of dream places to play, you know, it, he gave the whole like kind of outside of Jacksonville, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, nudge thing. Um, but is the places he'd want to play were Las Vegas and Nashville. And that's not the order he set him in. He started with Nashville and he's been pretty vocal about wanting to come home and how like kind of upset he was that the Titans didn't take him when they had a chance to with the first overall pick. So I don't, I don't think a deal will happen, but like 
it's so I, but like I mean anytime an all pro goes on the market you don't know what everybody's going to do people lose their mind but like this this idea that there's like this hidden link that somebody uncovered that like this really popular Titans podcast talked to him and that he mentioned the Titans as a potential place he'd want to go play eventually if he ever got moved because he grew up there. Like it's not, it's not that serious. It's not like he's been like DMing guys and like, he's also the same guy who like fakes injuries and like, you know, barks at people and does all that stuff to Titans in the game back when they were winning, you know? So like, I don't know. I guess I just don't like the nonsense version is that there's this mysterious thread that people are starting to uncover. It's like, no, it's like, that's old news. Don't worry about that. Well, that, that's going to do it for us. It's been a good episode. Uh, we were a day early this week because of the, uh, the Thursday night game. We'll be back next Wednesday, which is also when our uh, two giveaways will end. So remember, go to Facebook and Twitter to, to enter to win a program and a flag from yesterday's game. Uh, We appreciate you all joining us this week. And until next Wednesday, for Matthias and Will, I am Luke reminding you and everyone else in the sports world to stop the nonsense.